This episode is brought to you by Breathe Easy Productions. Dream, plan, do. Welcome to the What Do Women Know? What do women know? What do women know? Podcast. I'm Jessica O'Keefe. Today, I'm interviewing Kathleena Hannah Awad. She has a master's degree in educational technology and is instructing her second grade classroom via distance learning because of the pandemic. I am continually impressed by Miss Awad's ability to juggle teaching her students while navigating the online experience, all with patience, gentle humor, and listening. It is a pleasure to introduce Kathleena Hannah Awad to our listeners. Kathleen and Hannah Awad, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I feel really excited and honored. I've never thought that I would, would be interviewed, so this is pretty different, but I'm so really honored to be here. So thank you for having me. Thank you. When I found out that you were that you pursued education technology, it added a whole new layer to your generosity of teaching. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. I knew I would use it. I never thought I would use it. <laughs> to this degree. So it's pretty surreal, honestly. What did you learn in your education technology master's? So the master's program was all online and every meeting or anything I had was on Zoom. So really quickly I became, I had to become pretty adverse in Zoom. So that was kind of a learning curve. And, you know, of course I decided to get a new computer to start a new tech master's program. So that wasn't the best idea, but I was learning a new totally new computer and all of that and teaching. I did this while I was teaching too, full time. Your mind's going a mile a minute doing grading and teaching and you're going to art and music and running around. That just how life is with teaching. And then you come home and open your computer and you're doing assignments and you're in student mode. A lot of my weekends were doing homework and not going out with my friends or seeing family as much as I would usually do. So that was kind of different. Definitely a lot busier than I am now. So I'm glad I did it then. And then now, I think if I did it now during a pandemic, it would be so wild. I'm glad that I'm able to use that stuff now. I mean, it's pretty surreal that I'm able to use it every day. I never thought I would. So that's been, that's been a blessing out of everything. Has it added to your sense of calm? Because you are one of the calmest, gentlest, your humor. What? It's an honor. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, it's funny that you say humor because I thinking about my teaching style, I, everybody that tells me like, how do you do it with, with the little kids all day, you know? And in my head, I'm like, I did musical theater and improv group for my whole life up until college. So for me, teaching is improv right? It's funny to say that, but I really feel like it. You know, something goes awry, you just pull something out and you figure it out or you redo. You know, I always feel like I'm trying to entertain them as much as possible. If you've done musical theater, you can be in education that you're kind of on a stage and that kind of prepared me in a sense. Got a role with whatever the kids say. You know, there would be so many books if I decided to write down everything funny they said. But yeah, part of it is just improvising, honestly to get through the day. Yeah, I I got chills up my arms when you were talking about that. It it is incredible how your career has been a convergence of teaching in a pandemic. And I can see that now, humor being an improv thing, working with the big brain with the kids and your ability to roll with it. But you know, if you were to tell me in the beginning of my uh, beginning of my teaching career that I would be able to roll with it, I probably would have been like, 
no, like you need to, you need to correct them when they say something and this, that, and the other. But sometimes it's just not the time to address certain things. And with teaching, you do need to have kind of a thicker skin because you get a haircut and you come to school and all the kids will have an opinion <laughs> or make a comment about it. And that's just like oh my, my shirt. It's so true though. You're like, oh, they didn't like my shirt. Oh, like they, they didn't like my the hair color that I, you know, I just dyed my hair and they all noticed, you know, but at a certain point you're like, whatever, they're going to say something, you know, so you kind of learn to roll with it pretty quickly, pretty early on. Yes. I could see 24 to 26 voices telling you about what, what you walked in with. Oh yes. <laughs> Cause they, they feel like they know you so well, you know, that you're a part of their life for for so long, you know, a year for them is such a long time. So they will ask anything. <laughs> You learn early on that they don't mean any harm by it and they just got to know certain stuff. So, yeah, that's a very graceful way to handle it. (laughs) Did you learn that through improv then? That was a learned skill. Or were you like that as a kid? Do your parents tell you if that was you as a child too? You know, I think I think improv kind of taught me a lot of things and it even gave me confidence. You know, I when I was a kid and going through school, I didn't have any confidence in myself at all. That's why in my teaching style, I try to use phrases like I'm proud of you or that's awesome or you got it or any, any little thing like that I try to throw in because I didn't, not that I can recall, I, I don't really remember hearing that as a kid from from my teachers in school, which is like a little bit sad, of course. I got that at home, of course, that my parents were so encouraging and so supportive and always cheering me on and always on my team and all of that. But I don't remember a time that an educator was like, wow, you're good at drawing or, you know, picked something I was good at, maybe not academically or something. So I try to fit that in any way that I can. So I think that for me is how I've incorporated that into my day to day, encouraging them and trying to give them as much confidence as I can, because I know that that is half of it. Doing the math and the academic stuff is half of it, but I want them to just be confident in themselves and know that I, that I know that they can do it. Seeing that has been healing. Makes me a better parent too, actually. I learn a lot mm-hmm. about gentleness, you know, and Uh, realizing like my conditioned response of being frustrated or upset is just a conditioned response. And I have the power to be patient and calm and figure out a new path. Sometimes it's hard to not show that you're frustrated or with certain things and and to show, you know, it's hard to come off gentle when inside you're like so frustrated (laughs) about anything. So it's hard to have a balance. Is, Is there a passion for teaching in your family? Was it nurtured into you? I've gotten this question before, like, why, do you, why did you want to be a teacher and, and that sort of thing? And it's interesting because in my, in my family, there's a couple teachers, but most of my mom's good friends are all teachers. So that's kind of been the joke that I saw these, all these women around me as I was growing up be these really nurturing and, and great educators. And my parents like were supportive in whatever I wanted to do as long as I really wanted to do it. And when I was a kid, if you were like a first or second grade, if you were to tell me that I was going to be a teacher, I would have never, never believed it. I wanted to be in fashion and do designing and drawing and all that. So if you were to tell me then I would be a teacher, I would have been like, no way. (laughs) Cause I just, in school, I had a really difficult time sitting still and focusing and, and I struggled there. So I did not, 
did not want to be in a classroom. So I, if you were to tell me then I would be a teacher, there's no way. And now, you know, they, they say that like the first five years of teaching is when people either stay in it for the long haul or they pick a new career. And I've passed the five-year mark. <laughs> I think this is it. I'm on like year set seven. Congratulations. Thanks. All the students are like, yeah! <laughs> well, and not to say that it's easy and roses and butterflies every day. You know, some days are messy and some days are, some days you're like, why am I doing this again? <laughs> <laughs> but it all kind of evens out, and then you have the really great days where you're like, Yeah, and you tell you, you're the best teacher. <laughs> Speaking of it being difficult sometimes, with the distance learning, even with your masters, how do you create balance? This is something that I'm still, I still struggle with, and I don't have a perfect formula that, that I'm using. It's still kind of all over the place, and and, you know, my fiance is a teacher too, and we do have to stop grading and stop looking at our computers at a certain time. Sometimes I wake up really early and I grade. I can start fresh that day with the kids. Sometimes I grade late at night. Honestly, every day is different, but it's definitely been harder in distance learning to find a balance. In the regular school year, I'm like, all right, I'm leaving it in the classroom. I'm going to go home and have a nice weekend or go home and cook dinner and unwind. But when you're able to do the work at home now, it's a little bit harder. And I, and I wish I had a certain formula that I've perfected. <laughs> Just depends on, you know, the unit and class. And there's some days where I wake up 5.30 or 6 and I'm grading and I'm looking at the next week and messaging and all the stuff and then there's some days where I'm like you know what I'll wait till the end of the day and they'll they'll get the work back when we get the work back kind of thing so it's definitely been harder I try not to do work on the weekends at least until Sunday night so I can kind of focus on wine for my mental health and and able to spend time with my fiance and my family and all of that yeah and even beginning of the year I I I would roll over in the middle of the night and check my phone and just automatically do it. And now I have to really, really try not to because I, you know, my mind kind of wanders and I'm like, oh, there's that parent message. There's that email. I need to check it. I was waking up with these migraines because I was emailing and messaging in the middle of the night with the bright light and all of that. So I really had to really had to train myself to at least wait until the morning. For you, teaching is the thing that it startles you awake, taking care of the students and the parents and making sure everybody's progressing. That really, that wakes you up. And, it, and it's even that part of my mind is always on a lesson or on what am I doing next week? What's that unit? It's always kind of there. And I don't know if that's just me or if that's how all teachers are. I, I, I don't know. But I know that it's always been like that for me. I've always kind of had one eye on on my classroom, really, and the other eye on what I'm, you know, what I'm actually doing in the moment. That's beautiful. So many parents are like, I hope my teacher is like that. But yes, also you need to take care of yourself. Right. So when you in your home life, I know you're you're a big sports fan. Yeah. For us, it felt with sports that it sort of helped us through it. It was a, a little bit of normality. And I didn't mind the cheer, the fake cheers coming in in the stands. I found that really soothing. 
I, yeah, same here. I, I thought it was though just the whole experience, you know, I've been rooting for these teams for years. And, you know, some of them I can even remember going to games as, as a child. Now, you know, I'm a grown adult in this crazy time. And now I'm, I'm able to watch these games. I might not be there, but it was like, and, and you know, living in the area where it's where that's your team, it's like, it just gives you such a sense of like pride. You know, when when the Dodgers won, it was like, there's fireworks going off in the neighborhood and, and everywhere. And you, you get like so amped, you know, you get so excited. And I know when the when both the Lakers and the Dodgers won, I cried. And I don't know if it's because like they're my teams or if it's just an accumulation of the year and so many things happening with my career and my personal life and all these things. And then my team wins. It was like, oh, you know, like totally. <laughs> my fiance is like, are you OK? I'm bawling. <laughs> Even now, I'm still like, oh, remember that? You know, it's such a nice memory even now. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a strong, strong group of friends around you? I wonder all the time how teachers are doing and what their support system is like, because you're supporting 24 to 26 students and all their families. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I, I have two sisters, and um, I'm also Middle Eastern. So we have so many cousins everywhere. So we're a very large family and I'm very close with my immediate family, my sisters and my parents. I also have a good group of friends that are, you know, we talk daily and are really supportive. And then I have my fiance and all of his family and everything. So I, I feel pretty like supported, you know, in the area. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm very lucky that I have other teachers, you know, teacher besties and teacher friends that that I can ask for advice on on certain things and, and chat with about, you know, our day-to-day frustrations and and triumphs and and I'm really lucky that I have a great administration at my school that I feel like I can rely on them and go to them for help or, you know, the triumphs and the frustrations too. So I'm I'm very lucky that I have not only the support in my personal life, but I know at work I'm able to rely on coworkers that I consider family at this point because I've been here for a couple of years now. So I'm very lucky. I know not every school is like that. I could see if I think it would be harder if you maybe didn't didn't bond with your coworkers as much, and you were a teacher in this time. I think it would be harder. So I'm glad that I have those relationships with them now. That's wonderful. I hope more teachers have that, especially now. Yes. Do you have some words of wisdom or an inspiring quote or something that you refer to that really lifts you? You know, I'm a big Disney fan. So something that I've always kind of used as kind of pushed me forward would be this little quote, you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. And I feel like that could go for... Anybody during this time, if you're having a difficult time, you're stronger than you seem, you're braver than you believe, and you're smarter than you think. And I try to throw that into my students at least once a year when they are not feeling as confident. And even times where I'm not feeling like my 100% best teacher, I try to remember that. So that's kind of what pulls me through. And I think during like this pandemic time, I think that's fitting as well. So many of us don't feel that way. And that's a beautiful thing to keep in mind. I am very grateful that you joined us today and it's been a delight, it's been wonderful. Thank you.